Welcome back to Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blonder, this is Dave Lovich, and in this episode, we will be talking about some huge free agent signings, some news, and our predictions for some notable big-name free agents still on the market. Abe, do you want to get us started with these two blockbuster signings from the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, let's take it right in pretty strong here. The Canucks, you could have guessed who they've signed. Like, There's been two notable players who they have yet to sign, and that's Elias Peterson and Quinn Hughes. Peterson comes in at a three-year deal with $7.35 million AAV. I think that's a great deal. Um, the length's a little light, but it makes sense depending on his skill. Leo, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Peterson, I think the term here is really, it's just really a bridge deal. I'm a huge fan of bridge deals. Because um, either, right, so like Peterson probably wanted a ton of money. Obviously, the Canucks don't want to pay him a ton of money because they want more cap space. So what they agreed upon is a good amount of money for a short term. So if like so, they're, so first the Canucks aren't screwed for the cap for the next few years, and if Patterson can really prove himself as one of the NHL's like true elite players, which I personally think he is, but like one of the top top players, then he will get a huge payday after these three years. So it's really Patterson's really banking on himself in these next three years. And yeah, that's why I really like that deal. And with the Quinn Hughes one, six years, 7.85 mil AAV. I, I mean, I personally think Quinn Hughes getting a little underpaid considering he's getting a little less than 2 million than like Seth Jones. And I just think he's far and away better than him. He's getting less than like Dowd. He's getting less than all of these players, getting less than McCarr who got nine mil. But um, I personally think Quinn Hughes got a little underpaid but it was good for the team. I'm pretty, I'm like, he definitely wanted to stay in Vancouver if he did a six-year contract while also being underpaid just a little bit, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that's why I think, I mean, I think it's very team-friendly, the Quinn Hughes one and the Pedersen one. They're really trying to win within these next three years. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on how Quinn Hughes is underpaid in perspective with the rest of the defenseman market. Like he's definitely one of those top D-men, and I think he has a lot of future and a lot of potential, but we don't exactly know how he's going to pan out over the next six years. If I were the Canucks, I would, if they were in this trying to win now, I would sign him for a little bit less, especially if you're only signing Pedersen for three years. Yes, obviously, that's a bridge deal, like you said, where they don't know if he's going to be good, but he already is a great player. Just the production is what's shot right now. So I feel like I... I think Quinn Hughes should have been signed for a little bit less, but I like the number in perspective to everyone else. Yeah, I mean, especially also they acquired Oliver Ackman Larson this summer, and he has a huge, huge contract. And so I think he was like, I want to play with OEL. I want to do all of this. I want to take a little less because I personally disagree with you. I don't think he was a little overpaid. I, I think he was like pretty underpaid. And so, yeah, I think because Quinn Hughes is worth like $9 million, in my opinion, just my opinion. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how it pans out, obviously. I think Quinn Hughes is really going for the team success. Pedersen's going for the team success in the first three years and the personal success after. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how these play out. But um, right now, those two young players have a lot of future ahead of them. This next player does not. This might be his final year. It's a Dano Chara signing a one-year deal, going back to the New York Islanders, which he played for, like, what was it like 20 ish years ago or something? Maybe it was like 15, 20. Yeah. Um, I mean, going from there to Ottawa to Boston, 
to Washington, back to the Islanders. I mean, I think he really fits their play style. He's big, physical, shutdown defenseman. Yes, he's not in his prime anymore. However, he's still very valuable, especially on the penalty kill. Yeah, I think, well, obviously, this is just Char choosing to go back to where it all started. Um, if I were him, I would have signed with Boston, but that's my personal opinion. But I don't think Boston would have signed him. But I think he definitely really fits the New York defenseman's play style here. Big, physical, hard shot, like can carry it across the blue line, especially on the offensive side. And then on the defensive side, really, they would value that reach. And But speed's not necessarily like the thing you see in an Islanders defenseman. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. They already have Pelican Pulak. They, um, they have a bunch of big lockdown defensemen. So I think Char will fit right in. And uh, speaking of keeping the goals out, we got another big signing. We got Cal Peterson returning to the LA Kings, three years, five mil per year, 15 in total. Um, I think this is another really, really good bridge deal because he, like, I think the amount of money he's getting paid is perfect for his level of production. I just personally think three years is a great length for him and the team because the team isn't taking a huge, huge commitment on him, especially because he hasn't been great for that long. But um, yeah, I think he's also betting on himself to really play well in these next three years, really overtake that starting goalie spot, which he already has from Jonathan Quick, and um, to really get that huge payday later on. I would really agree with you. I'm liking the length and money because it's like what you said, it's a bridge deal. So he's like, he is banking off himself, trying to prove himself later. And this isn't the moneymaker here. This is Hopefully, a thing that will get him to that moneymaker if he pans out how he hopes. So, yeah. I like to see it. But there was another three-year deal I think is a tad bit more interesting right here. The Buffalo Sabres signed their former 2018, I think, first-round pick, Ramos Dahlin, three years, six mil AAV, 18 mil total. It's a good amount of money, not like the other money defensemen have been making. Leo, what are your thoughts? I mean, I personally think he's being severely underpaid. I really don't understand why he's taking a slight pay cut to stay in Buffalo. That sounds like two horrible things. Again, another bridge deal he is banking on himself. But, I mean, it really does not make that much sense for Dal. I mean, this, I don't give the Sabres a lot of credit. They I honestly fleeced Dalene's agent. Like, what? Like, what is he doing? Like, I mean, not only is he worth more than $6 million, in my opinion, I'm thinking like seven and a half. He's staying like in Buffalo and I understand he's an RFA. He doesn't really have that. He doesn't really have anywhere to go, but like 6 million for three years. I guess again, he is banking on himself and in three years, he might get a massive payday. But for those three years, Buffalo's not winning. Yes. Like, I mean, he might be the captain because Eichel was stripped, which we'll talk about later, but I mean, we really don't know. And I just, it doesn't really make sense to me from Dalian's perspective. Yeah. I would have to agree with you. As like it doesn't make sense here, and also if I were if I were Darlene, I'd try to get down a little less than a three year deal. I'd aim for like a two year deal, maybe a one year deal, especially if he's trying to get out there. Clearly, he's not, and if he's staying in that in in that garbage fire of Buffalo, you gotta make a bit more than that. I'm sorry, Buffalo's given out a, a lot of terrible contracts, but just what is he doing? I don't get it. I mean, I personally don't think the one or two years would have done anything because you, it would still be an RFA type contract. He would still be a restricted free agent when he's done. Oh, um, true. With the one or two or three years. So it really doesn't matter for that, in my opinion. However, my only thought process is they're not winning now, pay him now, 
and then he'll take the pay cuts later on if you want to keep him instead of don't pay him now and then he'll want a ton of money later on which doesn't really make much sense especially if they're trying to compete three four or five years down the line exactly and if they're going to want to actually compete they're going to get a lot of good players onto that team because right now they're not looking good and so like in terms of buffalo i like it in terms of deline i hate it yeah, I agree. And uh, speaking of young young studs, another young stud, we got Krill Kaprizov from the Wild signing a five-year, nine mil per year deal, 45 mil in total, mil in total, in total, total overpaid for the level of production he played last year. He had one really good season. Will that live up or I mean, will that continue for the next five years? And yes, in those five years will be his prime years. So I'm thinking in the first one or two, it won't, but three, four, five years down the line, I think it'll really pay off for the wild, especially because I mean, he played his rookie season last year and he was like 23 or 24. He's 24 now, I believe. So in those five years, it'll be his prime years for production. I think like, I just, I mean, I think, I just honestly think it's interesting because I think it could really pan out for the Minnesota Wild, or it could also really pan out, or I guess Kirill Kaprizov could really fleece the Wild. I think this is one where only time can tell. Yeah, um, yeah. I, um, I see what you're saying there, but I, I'm looking at this in terms of how well he was last year. He was phenomenal last year, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't like that, oh my God, he's the next Connor McDavid. So nine mil isn't like the most amount of money here. I see that. But if I were the Wild, I would have either tried to get him a less for maybe the same amount of money or maybe a bit more. Maybe one, I, I would have preferred a bridge deal for him. Maybe for him to like, yes, he was definitely amazing, but still try to see if he could get that. And then he would go for like those 10, 11 mil contracts and then or go for a longer deal and Kaprizov taking less. But one thing I want to really note here is how long it took them to achieve this contract. This took a long time. He almost threatened to go back to the KHL like back to Moscow. And so when I'm looking at this, I'm like, hmm, this is a pretty good deal for Kaprizov. I feel like he could have gone a little bit more for it. So I'm thinking in my mind, the Wild tried to do what I just said, but got shot down by Krill. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Wild honestly were like, we'll give you a three-year deal for like 7.85 or like whatever, pretty much what Pedersen's deal was. But I'm sure he was just like, if you give me that, I'm going back to Russia. Like, I don't care. Like, that's my hometown. I'd also love to play there. And so I think he worked his way up to five years, nine mil. So I think that's a great job by uh, Krill, really using his leverage. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting contract, but I think Krill definitely got what he wanted out of it, at least for the next two or three years. Yeah. There's also uh, another five-year signing, which I love. Not so much for Elvis Merzlikens, but for the Columbus Blue Jackets, he signed a five-year deal, 5.4 mil. I think he's one of those young, like he is one of those young stud goalies. And I think he could have made probably six or maybe even seven, considering how he's basically been the heart of that entire team. You know, like he's traded like everything for draft picks, but I still think that he's like the heart of the team. I think he could have made a bit more money, but I like this. Love to see it. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I'm liking the five years, 5.4 per. I mean, I think it's just great length, great amount of money for both sides. I think it's just very fair. Um, yeah, I mean, with him and Corpusala, I just think they're a great tandem in Columbus. And yeah, I just think I'm mean, pretty much what you said. I just think it's pretty fair for both sides. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then moving on, uh, 
we got Nolan Patrick. So after he got traded from Philly and then technically to Nashville, but then to Vegas. Um, so it's pretty. It's a three-team trade, but that's how it happened. Um, he signs a or they they trade his RFA rights, but he signed a two-year, two point four million total, so one point two million per year. I mean, former number two overall draft pick in twenty seventeen. Um, picked right behind Nico Heashier. There was a lot of debate who was going one and two, and the Devils definitely made the right choice picking Heashier. But Nolan Patrick, I mean, he's had a rough time in Philly. And honestly, I think this two-year deal can really, like, kind of get him out of his rut because I know there's more in him. Maybe a change of scenery to, like, an actual, like, good winning team to maybe where there aren't all, like, all these such, like, sky-high expectations for Nolan Patrick. I just... I really do think this is a great signing for him and also the team too, if it pans out, because it's very low risk. It's two years, 1.2 million. He's making less than like Chris Wagner on the Bruins. Yeah. Um. In terms of Vegas, I like the deal, but in terms of Nolan Patrick, not so much. The thing is for Vegas, he's only, it's only 1.2 mil per year for only two years. It's a very cheap contract in terms of NHL money. But I think they took a big risk on him because he only put up, nine points four goals five assists in 52 games played in last year and that was disappointing that was on top of philly's um terrible season but like still like he needs to make a bit more money for especially his his height but i really wish he gets that rejuvenation of the vegas knights that's my hope for him do i think he'll achieve it maybe there's a chance do i like, but I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Basket. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's really, it's just like a small deal to really see what he can do. It's low risk for Vegas. Nolan Patrick, I mean, let's see he'll prove himself. He didn't play great in the past couple of years. But, uh, yeah, that's why I'm liking him for both sides, and we'll see how it goes. All right, moving on. We got Sammy Botnin going to Geneva, Sir, Geneva, Sir Verretter. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Uh, of the Swiss National League. Sammy from Finland goes to the U.S., plays devil plays with the Devils and Hurricanes for a bit. Um, honestly, and then he, sorry, he goes back to the Swiss, or he goes to the Swiss National League. I definitely think he still had a spot in the NHL. However, maybe it's just like, he wants to go back, kind of really find himself, because he's definitely past his prime, go find himself and maybe come back to the NHL. We'll see, but um. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to go to Switzerland. He signed there. So, I mean, good for him. He had a good NHL career, and he might come back. Yeah, I think the likelihood of him coming back is more than not. Because, like, how, how old is he? Like, 30? Probably. So, he has, like, I think he has a few more good years in le- in le- left in him. And I think it's not so much about his skill, but it's about, like, his place on that Dallas team. So, like, because he, he only played nine games last season. And didn't do much, but in, like, the previous years, he used to be great, especially on New Jersey and Anaheim, like you said. But hopefully he'll have some fun there. Hopefully he'll be able to come back to the league. Yeah, and uh, moving on, our last signing of the day is not a player. It's actually a coach. We've signed Sheldon Keefe to a two-year extension. Um, I mean, he has a lot of accomplishments, like coaching them to a 3-1 blown lead against Montreal. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, I think, honestly, one or two years for an extension with Sheldon Keefe is good. You know, they really got to, like, find themselves. I honestly would have preferred one year. I like to see that urgency in Sheldon Keefe, really try and get his boys going. Um, 
uh, like especially because this year his division's a lot tougher, right? Instead of just playing all the Canadian teams, not only uh, which was seven, not only are they playing a division with eight teams this year, uh, that also includes the Panthers, the Bruins, the Lightning, and like some other decent teams like like Montreal. Like, I mean, it's just did that to that. Yeah. So I mean, I personally, honestly, like if it doesn't really work out, they're kind of stuck with him for an extra year. So I would have liked one year for Sheldon Keefe really like see that urgency, but um, two years isn't bad in my opinion. I mean, we'll see where it goes. Definitely better than Mike Babcock in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Better than Babcock. But um, as a Bruins fan, I love this because after the Leafs season, um, I am think I would think that the Leafs would hate Sheldon Keefe because that was just so disappointing. And like you, and the players clearly had the skill Clear, and I put the coaching was a lot of the issue there. And Sheldon Keefe was at the heart of that issue. So giving this is like a second chance. It's like a gift from heaven. Like, I don't think he deserves this. But hopefully as a Bruins fan, he'll do poorly. Leafs will play poorly. Love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I still think the Leafs will make the playoffs. It just depends whether they can get out of the first round or not. Because I feel like no matter who you put in there as the coach, like you're definitely skilled enough to be a great regular season team and make the playoffs. It's just whether they have that last like effort in them to really get that fourth win in, you know, really any round, especially the first round. And I feel like once the Leafs finally win a first round series, I really do think they can go all the way. They're so talented. Are they that deep? Like not really, but they did sign Nick Ritchie and, and Andre Kasha, both from the Bruins. Um, but then also the Bruins got like Nick Felino. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a weird mix, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're getting deeper, shorter contracts. So I'm liking that. I'm liking that for the Leafs, although it's just really, can they get over that first round hump? Well, I feel like if they do, then they like, in terms of the mental game, like everyone thinks they're cursed. So if they can beat that small little bit, like, I think that's just going to be such a huge emotional boost for them. It'll definitely do wonders. Yeah. I mean, we saw this in, I believe it was. 2018 when the capitals won the stanley cup yes um they i mean they just kept getting out in the second round against the penguins or the rangers or whoever but as soon as they beat the penguins this is obvious first time in the conference finals they win the conference finals they win the stanley cup to get over the hump so i like i definitely think like not only are you like in the second round there's one less round to go through it's also like a mental thing so yeah but something else that's also a really big mental thing that I think will help the players of the Arizona Coyotes is that they relaxed their dress code. Now they don't have, there's no suit requirement. They can wear what they want to a game. It's pregame. I think that's going to help the players. Some who want to wear suits will, some who don't, don't. And I think it's going to be more personalized. And if you had asked me who I think is not going to be wearing a suit, it's going to be Phil Kessel. I I definitely agree with you. I mean, (laughs) Phil Kessel, Phil the Thrill, um, you know, not known for really dressing up nice, but he is known for eating hot dogs and scoring goals in the NHL. So we'll see how it goes in uh, Arizona. I mean, they don't really have too much going for them. They're not like a dumpster fire. But they're not like great. They're kind of just like lower mid-tier, in my opinion. Kind of there. They're like yeah. there to fill up space. They already just have even 32 teams. Yeah, I mean, they're not like a relevant, I guess they like kind of are, but it's not like, they're not like a big like city like New York. Like if a New York team sucks, they're still relevant because it's New York. I mean, it's Arizona. Your team isn't great. They do have star players like Phil Kessel, but they also traded away OEL. So I don't know, it's weird. And then also speaking of the Coyotes, they do make a logo change. They change back to the Kachina logos. Ooh. 
and adopt like a white jersey instead. So I do like, I did like the Howling Coyote. It wasn't a bad logo. I liked it, but the Kachina is just so iconic. You have to go back to it. Yeah. And I like it in terms of them getting fans. It's great for marketing. It's great for the team spirit. And because we know Coyotes fans have not been the most present fans in the league. I think this will really help. Yeah, but yeah. let's also I'm to- make them. Sorry, sorry. All right. Uh, so let's move on to our injuries section. Leo, why don't you take it away? Um, all right, so injuries. We got wild forward Jordan Greenway out with a non-COVID illness. Um, I mean, it's it's difficult to tell how long, he'll, how long he'll be out for, but hopefully he gets better soon. Yeah, and there's still preseason, so hopefully he'll be fine by the start of the season. Also, Detroit forward Jakob Vana, in my opinion, one of their top players especially since Tyler Petruzzi has co or is not willing to get vaccinated I'd say now he's definitely one of their best players it's going to be out four months for a shoulder injury so that is going to be rough for Detroit not like they were a contender to begin with but still rough for Detroit yeah I agree and uh Canucks defenseman Brady keepers out and definitely with a broken leg I mean I hate this section because you just it's just depressing but um yeah. yeah, I mean, not such a big high-profile player, but definitely losing some depth uh, on the on the back end. Yeah, and it's worse when, like, you don't know how long the player is out. Emotion- like, it's just, like, so sad. But um, Mike Hoffman is going to miss four weeks due to a lower body injury. So for Montreal, it's, it's only four weeks. It's not bad, but, he's like, Hoffman's a great player, and hopefully Montreal will get that kick when he, when the, he returns. So... Hopefully a speedy recovery to him. Yeah, and Penguins, uh, Evgeny Malkin will miss the, at least the first two months. He did miss a good chunk of the season last year, and the Penguins really held the ground. They were pretty good, actually. They were number one seed in, uh, was it the, yeah, it was the Eastern Conference. I'm just, I'm just going back. I went from, like, Atlantic to, like, East back to yeah. – Okay, so Eastern Conference, um, they actually were the number one seed. did lose the Islanders in the first round. But, um, yeah, Evgeny Malkin, he's pretty much first on center on literally almost every other team besides the Penguins. Yeah, this is going to be a hit, but it's not a hit they haven't taken before. So, yeah, it's going to suck for them. But also, Philadelphia's Kevin Hayes out six to eight weeks after abdominal surgery. So hopefully he, too, has a speedy recovery. Philly wasn't looking too hot to begin with, but hopefully they, they'll use him once he gets back. Yeah, and uh, Avs defenseman Devon Taves will miss the start of the season after surgery. He'll be back somewhat soon. Won't be too, too long. But, um, yeah, I mean, he is one of the better defensemen uh, in the league and especially on the Avalanche, and he will be missed until he comes back. Yes, he will. But uh, now we're past the injury section, so let's move on to some of the mm-hmm. trades. There's a trade between St. Louis and Ottawa. Where St. Louis got Logan Brown and Ottawa got Zach Sanford and a conditional 2022 fourth. I think St. I think this is a steal by St. Louis. Logan Brown has so much promise, and Zach Sanford I wasn't too hyped on. So I think this is great for St. Louis. Yeah, he's also from St. Louis too. So you always love to see like when they're like when they grow up in the city, root for that team, then they actually play there, like live out their dreams. So yeah. I'm liking it from St. Louis and uh, excited to see how he plays with them. Yeah, I'd love to see it. All right, moving on, we got Tampa signing GM Julian Brezois to a multi-year contract extension. 
Um, I mean, they won the cup last year. It's the GM. Why wouldn't you re-sign him? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, the only reason this is happening is because his contract ended. He's a great fit there. He's been there for years and for many more to come. Um, in some not-so-good news, Mackenzie Blackwood is decided to be unvaccinated. So he's not going to be able to play in Canada. That's going to be a hit because got to play in Canada. So hopefully- Yeah, and it's not just me. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but hopefully he'll make the right decision soon. Yeah, that's all yeah, I have to what, what I was saying is, I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood's not, I mean, it's 98% of the NHL is vaccinated. It'll probably get to 99 pretty soon. But, um, I mean, there's one, 2% of the players that don't end up getting vaccinated will not be able to play in the other country, whether you're in Canada, you won't be able to play in America. America won't be able to play in Canada. So it really just hurts your team. Um, yeah, and it's, like, not good for COVID. Yeah, not the best team spirit right there. Yeah, but that isn't the worst news that's happened lately. No, no, no. Yeah, um, the Ukrainian Hockey League had a bit of a incident where they fired their um, their general manager of the league due to standing up for racism. Or standing yeah, up against I'm, racism. Yeah. <laughs> standing up for racism. Like, yeah, like, of course you're going to fire him. But um, against standing up against racism, that makes no sense to me. Um, Because what happened was these two, there was a black person and a white person kind of got into a little scuffle and the white person was like doing a hand gesture where he's fake peeling a banana, just kind of racist. And then they didn't do, like, they fined him a little bit, suspended him for a little bit, but like they didn't really do anything. And then the a GM of the league kind of spoke out against it and got fired. So not what you love to see and moving on with more racism in hockey, which is not good. The Prince Albert Raiders, um, a uh, junior Canadian team. They uh, like got new third jerseys Just, and they're not very culturally appropriate. It's like of a native American or it was an Arab or native American um, I forget which one it was. It was uh, Arab. That Their logo became an Arab person, which is, yeah, I don't know how anyone in their organization would allow this type of racism to happen. It's disgusting. They've received so much backlash on the internet. I don't know if they've taken it down yet or not. No, no, no. Um, yeah, so that's not good. Uh, racism is bad. But uh, going away from racism, we got Jack Eichel. So pretty much... The Sabres, so he used to be the Sabres captain. And then since, like, not only is he still hurt from last year, he's also, like, had major disputes with the team and hates playing there. So he got stripped of his captaincy and he, like, didn't, he failed his physical and he was, like, not playing. It's kind of a whole mess. Honestly, it would not surprise me if he sat up for the whole year. Yeah, that wouldn't really surprise me either. I, like, I think he's kind of being a little immature here, but. Like, Darlene decided to take a contract in Buffalo, but I don't blame him for wanting to win. That's the goal, and he is choosing the goal. So, I really don't blame him. But he is doing it the wrong way. He should not be doing this with the team and make sure something happens sooner. But speaking of, like, maybe he gets traded, the trade deadline was announced for March 21st, 2022. Then that will result in free agency to be July 13th, 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's cool some dates and stuff. And also the draft will be held on July 7th and 8th in 2022 in Montreal. 
just uh for the future just so you guys know mark your calendars yep and uh legend conduct legend the russian rocket pavel Bure elected to the international ice hockey federation or the iihf as a council member i mean he's one of the best players in his in his time one of the best players ever and yeah i mean that's cool good for him still in the sport of hockey like to see it love to continue within the community and then someone who also has not been too great in the community evander kane has been found not guilty of betting on his own game so that's good at least he didn't do that he was like so many other allegations against him, but good thing he didn't bet on his own games. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of things that he's been accused been accused of. At, at least he didn't bet on his own games because that would have been really bad because then you can just throw your own games and make money. So it's like, it's a big no-no. Um, but in some lighter news, I guess, Team Canada announced the first three players Trangelo, Crosby, and McDavid, I would assume they're the captains, and the rest of the roster will be announced later. But, um, yeah, I mean, Crosby, McDavid, Petrangelo, I'm not surprised they were all picked. I mean, there are a couple, like, surefire players, like McKinnon's going to be there. And, yeah, so these three were just announced pretty, like, right now, but no one's surprised that they're on the team. Yeah, no surprises, really. There's not much to say. They were obviously going to be on the team to begin with. So let's move on to the things that are not so cut in stone. There are, we have selected three free agents remaining that have yet to sign to a team, Patrick Marlowe, Eric Stahl, and Devin Dubnik. And we are going to predict where they go. Leo, where do you think Patrick Marlowe is going to end up? I, I just think he'll retire. I mean, he's played for the Sharks for a while, kind of got traded around at the deadline, came back, got traded around, done it a couple times. Didn't win with the Leafs, didn't win with the Penguins. I just think... I think he's done. He's old. I'm personally, I don't think anyone's going to want really him there, maybe towards the end of the season for like a little like playoff experience and like if some other players go down. But I really just think he'll retire and I don't think he'll go anywhere. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I could see a place for him. Well, then that would be the Ottawa Senators. Yes, it doesn't seem like the place he would want to go. But if you look at it as a place for him to really mentor a young team with a lot of potential, I feel like that's the place to go. And Ottawa could use him, could use that experience, can use that mentorship along a lot of their young players. But the, And so I'm gonna just going to go out on limb, risky pick, and say he's going to end up there. That's what I think will happen. Uh, I mean, I feel like that would be the exact opposite of where he would want to go. Not only is it Ottawa and it's not like a big cool city like New York or L.A., uh, they're not good. Like, why would he go there? And it's not like he'd get top minutes. He would just, like, be there to, what, mentor a few players? Like, who cares? Like, why would he go all the way out of his way to mentor Brady Kachuk, who I don't even know if he if he's, like – I mean, like, maybe if he's really good friends with him, but, like, from my knowledge, I don't think Patrick Marlowe and Brady Kachuk are great friends. Okay, yes, that makes sense. But, like, I just feel like he would fit well there. Like, I, yeah, I feel like he all. would do well there, but I guess there was a good sense of him not wanting to go there. Okay. All right, next up, we got Eric Stahl. I'm going uh, – sorry, I'm saying that he's going back to the wild. Um, I mean, do I think this will happen? No, but do I want it to happen? Yes. I mean, personally, I just think he'll retire. But going to the wild, I'm calling it now. Going back to his roots, was very, very successful there. Didn't have really any playoff success, but personal success was great for him. I'm sure he loved it there. He played there for a long, long time. And that's what I'm saying. He's going back to the wild if he doesn't retire. I I see what you're saying there, but I 
I'm, I firmly believe that he's going to retire as, like, he did great in the playoffs. He was okay. He's been solid. But if I had to pick a team, like, he's also 36. He's a little on the older side. But if I had to pick a team for him to go back to, it would be the Carolina Hurricanes, where he played from 05 to 16. So, like, so I feel like that's where he would, I feel like that's where he would, like, that's where a team would sign him is more likely than actually, like, anything else. But. I, I I think he's going to retire. He's had an amazing long career. So, yeah. All right, moving on, we got Devin Dubnik. Uh, I personally think he'll sign to a team whose goalie or backup goalie gets hurt midseason, and he's just there for depth. I mean, we see this happen sometimes. I, I can't really see him signing with the team right now. I feel like most teams have kind of figured out their goaltending situation, and they wouldn't just sign with the very end of preseason. So I just think he'll join somewhere mid-season, play a couple games when they need him, back up some other players, and that'll be it. That makes sense. Like, I see that. Like, I agree with that. But if I had to, like, pick a team specifically, I'm going to go with Winnipeg because I think his type of play fits there pretty nicely. And I think in terms of Winnipeg's backup isn't the sturdiest of auctions. They don't exactly have a tandem. I'd say they have a starting goalie and a guy who could pick up a few games here and there. So I mean that's what they had like before. I mean that's that's partly because of the backup Eric Comrie, or I guess before is Laurent Brossel. But uh this year it's most likely Eric Comrie. I just I mean I feel like that's partly because they're not like the best backups, but partly because Connor Hellebuck is a Vesna caliber goalie and would love to play every single game if he could. Yeah, but I feel like in terms of that backup, yes, it's good for Eric Comrie to get a few reps in here, but in terms of team, I might go with Devin Dubnik. A bit experience doesn't hurt. That's true. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This is Leo Blotner. I'm Abe Lovich. We are Twigs on the Rocks and have a great time.